Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic Community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. For those who haven't been with us for the past few weeks, we've started a homily series that we're calling Fully Love. And the basic premise of the series is that life is all about love. Love is our deepest purpose and it's our fullest joy. And the simple explanation for this is that only love is eternal. Everything else fades away but love. So our plan during these weeks is to talk about how we can be gradually transformed into people who don't just do things that are loving, but actually become love. That's a subtle, but it's a critical distinction. Because, you see, we need to become love before we can really love people well. And the word that we use for that is, called, is holiness. Sometimes we talk about that as, as, as our growth in holiness, becoming love. Last week, Father Cam spoke about the practice uh, of self-awareness as an act of love. You see, some of the greatest obstacles to love are often hidden. There are our, our hidden hurts, our hidden insecurities, our hidden biases. And, and unless we, we start to uncover these hidden dynamics within us, our capacity to love will be very limited. But when we are willing and when we're brave enough to, to face the truth that's within us, this in itself is an act of love. Because when we, when we start to acknowledge what's really going on in us, that begins the process of healing and that frees us to then go on and, and love more greatly, more deeply, more fully in our lives. Self-awareness helps us to grow up spiritually, right? And when we grow up spiritually, what happens is that we're growing closer to God. And as we grow closer to God, we naturally become more fully love. We, we grow in love. And so today I want to say a little bit more about this path to spiritual maturity, to growing up spiritually. You see, all of us, whether we realise it or not, we all have a spirituality. But not everyone's spirituality is leading them closer to God, which is the whole point of spirituality. We know that if we want to live well, we need to mature psychologically. We need to mature emotionally. We need to mature in all kinds of ways. And that is equally true spiritually. Our spirit needs to mature. Our faith needs to mature. Otherwise, what happens is we become spiritual infants or we remain as spiritual infants, as St. Paul says. That we, we just receive milk because we can't receive the solid food that God wants to give us. And if we can't receive the food, we, we don't grow. 
Our faith remains shallow and impotent and it makes no real difference in our lives. And we see a classic example of that today in the gospel. Uh, James and John, two of the disciples, they kind of distance themselves from, from the other ten and, and they get in, into Jesus' ear and, and, and they say, Master, um, you know, me and my bro here, we're thinking that when we get into the kingdom, we, we, we want to bag the best seats. You know, can you... Can you sort that out for us? <laughs> Clearly, at this point in their spiritual journey, uh, the disciples were very much focused on themselves, right? How they could benefit from what Jesus was doing for them. James and John had a lot of maturing to do, and the other disciples weren't much better. They got angry with James and John for asking Jesus that question, probably because they wanted the same thing. They wanted the best seats. We, too, can relate with the disciples, can't we? We all, I think, at times can come to God with that similar attitude. God, give me what I need. Give me what I want. Our faith and our spirituality can often be quite self-centered. And, and this is common and this is normal when we begin our spiritual journey that, you know, we, we come to God looking for how God can help us in our lives. I remember as a young boy, God was the one I looked to for comfort and, and for strength. And then as I grew older, I went to God looking for forgiveness and, and for different favors and for guidance and protection. And, and this is not necessarily bad or wrong. God wants us to come to him with our needs. But if our faith just remains there, if it, if it, if it only is about us, then it can actually cause us to become quite self-centred. We're always thinking about how God can benefit us. On Friday, we celebrated the feast of St. Teresa of Avila. She was a doctor of the church, and she had profound insight into the spiritual life. And she would say that one of the greatest traps to progressing closer to God is our deep attachment to honour and to what we think are our rights. Teresa said that you know, we, we can be very religious people, we can be very spiritual, but at the same time, deep down, strongly self-willed and self-centered. And so she, she would say that, that we must wage war on our self-love and our self-indulgence because these attitudes, they prevent us from being poor and humble, which is the only way that God can get into us. When we embrace our poverty, when we come humbly before God, Jesus today shows us how we can do that. He shows us how we can move away from our self-centeredness, how we become more spiritually mature. He says in response to James and John today, you know that the pagans, among the pagans, their so-called rulers lorded over them and their great men make their authority felt. This is not to happen among you. No, anyone who wants to be great among you must be your servant. And anyone who wants to be first among you must be slave to all. For the Son of Man, for, for me, myself, did not come to serve, 
to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is, invo- is inviting his followers here, his disciples, you and me, into a profound shift in our paradigm. He's saying, hey, the others use their power to get what they need, to meet their own needs and desires. But if you want to be truly happy, if you want to be great, you need to use your power in order to meet the needs and to meet the desires of others. This is spiritual maturity. Realising that God is calling me into a purpose that is bigger than myself. That life is not about me. It's about following Jesus, the perfect human, and giving myself away as a gift. See, Maturity is recognising that what you really need and what you really want is, is realised, is found, not by getting, but by giving. St. Teresa said that spiritual growth, spiritual maturity, is all about the, the process of moving away from ourselves, offering ourselves in the service of God and others, which is also what it looks like to become love. But what does this look like concretely? What does it mean to be a servant? Does it mean that you're the one who's always offering cups of tea? (laughs) Or you're the one that always does the dishes? I mean, that could be part of it. But more generally, being a servant is about living out the vocation that God is calling us to live out. And I did say vocation, not vacation. I'm sure many of us could do with a holiday right now, but I'm not sure that'll help us necessarily grow in love. When we hear the word vocation, I think probably most of us think about that state of life we feel God is calling us to, right? Am I called to be single or married or, or a priest or religious? That's one layer of vocation. But there are actually two other more fundamental layers to our vocation that we need to discover and we need to live out even before we make that decision about what state of life God is calling us to. The first layer, and this is the fundamental, the most important layer of our vocation is what we sometimes call the universal vocation. And this is basically to follow Jesus and to become like him. That's our first vocation as Christians, is to bring Christ into every dimension of our lives and to do whatever we can to grow in holiness. God calls each of us to do that in our own way. And we need to discover what that looks like. Everything else in our life, every other vocation flows out of that, uh, that purpose and that, that effort to, to become more and more like Christ, to grow in holiness. This then leads us to the next layer of our vocation, which we might call it our personal vocation. That's what I want to focus on a little bit today. St. John Paul II, he was very strong about the importance of living out 
our personal vocation. He said, just as Jesus called the disciples personally, he also calls us personally. You see, he knows us. He knows each of us by name. And he gives each of us a unique way to love and to serve him and to love and to serve others. That's what we call our personal vocation. John Paul II says, when you discover it, it transforms your whole life. It becomes the the purpose or the mission that affects all the other decisions, all the other choices of your life. You see, our, our... Our vocation, our state of life, you know, be a single person, a married person or a priest or religious, that's really all about helping us. It's providing a context so that we can live out our personal vocation. Mother Teresa is an interesting example. She knew from a young age that God was calling her to the vocation of a religious, right, to be in in religious life. And for the 15 years, first 15 years, she, she lived out that vocation uh, serving as a teacher and a school principal. Now, I'm not sure how she would have described her personal vocation at that time. But it seems to me that in that first stage of her vocation, when she was a teacher and, and she was leading the schools, it, it seems to me it didn't call out the very best in Mother Teresa. She may have been doing great things, but it seemed like it didn't release her fullest potential, her fullest capacity. But then, of course, she had that profound moment when she was on the train. And suddenly it became crystal clear what her vocation was all about. She was to give her life in the service of the sick and the poor, the destitute and the dying. And one thing that is very clear from the life of Mother Teresa is that it was the discovery and the living out of that personal vocation that enabled God to do work in her and and work through her in the most remarkable and extraordinary ways. It was the discovery of her personal vocation that unlocked all that. When I was thinking of some examples closer to home, uh, the first person that came to mind, probably because I've been talking to her lots lately, is Claudia. Uh, Claudia Haddad, many of you would know, Prishina here, and she's our volunteer accountant. Now, I've got to say, when I do the accounts, uh, I'm not particularly excited by it, quite the opposite. But when Claudia talks about uh, invoices and accounting programs and BAS statements, she just comes alive. And she's so detailed and so onto it, so good at it. And I can see how the generosity of God flows through that gift and it blesses many people, including our community here. I think of Eva. Many of you would know Eva. She's, uh, she leads our safeguarding committee. And as much as I, I see that, that committee is so important, you know, the role of pr- providing a safe environment for children, for vulnerable people, I've, I've got to say that all of that policy stuff drains me big time. <laughs> but Eva, when she does it, when she's leading our meetings, she's like a kid in a candy shop, you know, she comes alive and um, she's so good at it. And I can see how that gift of hers, that heart of hers, that passion of hers is not only a blessing for her workplace, but it's, it's, it's also a blessing for us. I think of Mark Matro. Many of you would know Mark. 
uh, a builder by trade, but Mark also uses that building gift to help and to bless so many people in and around our community. When I see him using his gift, it inspires me. And that's a key sign that someone is moving in their personal vocation. As you watch them, even though you mightn't particularly like what it is they're doing or, or, or feel personally attracted to it, you're inspired as you notice them living it out, using it as a way of serving others, enriching the world. See, our, our personal vocation is not just related to what we do for work, right? That can be part of it. But it's really about how you decide, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to use what God has given you in the service of others. I think of Maria Philippa, another parishioner. Maria has the gift of hospitality. She loves to gather and feed people. And I've partaken in her hospitality many times. And let me assure you, it is part of her personal vocation. She's very good at it. People leave her house very happy. Here's my point. When we faithfully and we generously live out our personal vocation, that is a very key way that we live out Jesus' call to love and to serve others. And in the process, that's how we become more fully love. By living out what God is calling us and gifted us to do you can be absolutely sure that the Father wants you to succeed in your personal vocation, that God is cheering you on as you do it because he knows that the more that you live out your vocation, the more you will grow in love and the more that God can use you as an instrument of his blessing in the world. He wants you to succeed wildly at whatever it is that he's calling you to do. Next week, I'm going to talk more about personal vocation and how we can discover it and how we can live it out in our lives. But today what I want to really emphasise is that we all have one. We all have one. And it's never too late to step into your personal vocation, regardless of how old or how limited you may feel. Jesus never stops calling us. We need to keep listening to him because in each and every moment, God is inviting you to follow him and to use what he has given you in the service of others. This week, I want to encourage you to, to really pray for clarity around your personal vocation at this stage in your life. What is it that God has gifted you, giving you the resources and the opportunity to do in the service of others? In the bulletin, we provide you some scriptures and some questions to help you in that reflection. But essentially, the question that you want to be asking God is this. How are you inviting me to use what you have given me to serve you and to serve others? And let's also... Follow the example of Jesus this week by praying, Father, not my will, but your will be done in my life. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. 
Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.